Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Today's show is brought to you by Podbean. If you're starting up a podcast, get hosting and support our show by signing up at podbean.com slash SBFVGS. Welcome to Super Best Friends Video Game Sleepover, episode 83. You're listening to the number one video game podcast on the internet that features my best friends. I'm one of your hosts, Adam Redding. Joining me is David James Tate. Oh, oh, you just went for my middle name there this time. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> there, there you go. Uh, if you wanted to know what my middle name is, it is James. There you are. Um, and you know, a funny thing, man, this is totally off topic already. Just starting off <laughs> off topic. <laughs> James, no, you know how like you can sometimes call someone James Jim. Oh, oh yeah, it's Jim. Yeah, but Jimbo. that doesn't work. Sometimes Jimbo. That se- sometimes Jimbo. Yeah, sometimes Jimmy Boy. Yeah, you know, like, but uh, that doesn't seem to apply for middle names. No, no. one's ever called me David Jim Tate. You know, <laughs> I'm gonna it's start. Just, you just gave me a fantastic weird. idea. I'm gonna start abbreviating or like nicknameifying <laughs> people's middle names. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why people just don't do it. I don't know. Maybe they should. Yeah. Uh, but thank you for that introduction, Adam. Excellent reading. Oh, thank you, sir. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and of course, we should acknowledge that we have no Mike Lopez tonight. Yeah, we're Michaelis. Mm, mm, we are Michaelis. Michaelis in Seattle. But because I think mm. he is off at Universal Studios teaching his daughter to be a wizard, is what he said. Probably. That's so. probably. I mean, here's the thing. You know. He's 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 perfect. He's got good attendance when he's like working like crazy. Yeah. But then when he takes time off, he can't make it. And that's <laughs> <laughs> so true. It doesn't make any sense to me, but it's fine. So and also joining us on the show a little bit later on, uh, we have co-writer of Uncharted 4 and The Lost Legacy, uh, Naughty Dogs, Josh Share. Yes. So um, very I'm excited. very excited about this. No, I'm very excited. I'm super excited. Because no, I'm, as, as you know, as you know, I love <laughs> yes. me some Naughty Dog, and Josh was yeah. kind enough to uh, come on the show, so we are we'll be talking with him soon. Uh, it's I, a lengthy interview, it, so like it is going to be an interesting episode. It's not quite the standard, uh, yeah. layout. Yeah, it'll be know, a little bit different to... structure wise. Uh, we kind of integrated the tweets into the interview. Uh, thank mm-hmm. you so much for everyone who submitted tweets uh, on very short notice. Um, yes, you so, guys were on top of it. Yeah, it was, you guys it was were incredible. Awesome. Thank you. Um, but yeah, the Super Best Friends Video Game Sleepover Podcast comes to you every fortnight with each of us coming to the table to discuss one burning topic from the world of gaming. But first, David, good sir. Yeah. What, are you, what are you playing? Now, is it what am I playing or is it what am I playing at? What are you playing at? Ah! What am I playing at? Okay, well, I've been playing a lot 
of stuff. Um, so there's the prerequisite Destiny 2 for PC. Of course. Which, but of course. You know, that's I'll be playing that for a while, at least, until my PS4 buddies are like, David, we miss you. Come back to PS4. <laughs> and then I, I inevitably will, for sure, yeah, because yeah. I miss those guys, too. Uh, but yeah, so Destiny 2, great. Wolfenstein 2. Yes. I've been playing that on PC in 4K at 60 frames per second. Mm. And oh my gosh, that game is bonkers. Yeah, loving it. Is, so has I it has it. it gotten its hooks into you now? Cuz oh, I know I last episode. This, well, yeah. So I had just, so the funny here's the funny thing about Wolfenstein like the gameplay itself is is fine. It's pretty good. It's it's okay. It's a it's a first person shooter. <laughs> like he's you going know, down. It's fine. It's okay. It's pretty it sucks. I'll be honest. <laughs> No, it does not suck. Uh, but it's one of those games where, you know, the gameplay is pretty good, but I'm playing it for the story because the people writing this game are just taking all kinds of crazy chances. That's awesome. That like, I just have, I, I'm a, a cat with a monkey body. Sure. You know, like <laughs> what? what the heck? Okay. That is, that's in the trailers. You, there's a cat with a monkey. Body I, don't, I don't remember in that, that game, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, uh, anyway, that that's just one example of just the craziest dogs and cats living together. Yeah, our pets' heads are falling off. Oh, no, man. I <laughs> sorry, <laughs> making random references to stuff now. Uh, so Wolfenstein Two, very good. Uh, I've that's awesome. played a tiny, tiny little bit of Assassin's Creed Orange, 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 Oranges, Assassin's, <laughs> Assassin's Creed Oranges. I like it's it. It's just a game where you pick oranges off the tree, but and you have put to do them it in a very basket. sneakily. <laughs> yes you can't get caught don't be spotted <laughs> <laughs> or you go to orange jail oh, yeah man, uh, i love it uh so uh no uh, assassin's creed origins um i really i really just want to explore like we talked about in the last episode with nick mm-hmm. um i just want the exp- open exploration mode yeah, uh, out yeah already but you know it's good i i hope i find time to play that game um because i know they can take a while and I just have so many other things to play. Uh, yeah. For example, Super Mario Odyssey. Yes. Which is inc- an incredible game. Um, I thought I wasn't going to play a whole lot until Thanksgiving, but uh, I ended up playing a little more anyway. I feel like I Nick. Help I feel like Nick Sutner talked you back into it a little bit. Yeah, he did a little bit. He's like, there's, sure. there's like a thousand moons. You're going to be fine. You're not going to run. Yeah. Out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's true. So, but I am still trying to save some of the worlds that I haven't seen yet for then, because I'm going to have a lot of things that I want to do. Uh, or I'm, I, I, I'm going to have no other things that I can do. Let's put it that way instead. Um, so Super Mario Odyssey also, by the time this episode comes out, cause we're recording a little bit early due to Thanksgiving. Yes. Um, I will be playing Skyrim on PSVR, Hey-o. which I can't believe I'm about to buy that game again for $60, but <laughs> Nothing can be done. It's Skyrim in VR, which is what I've wanted and imagined and dreamed of for Skyrim since the first day I set foot. Wait, so in that so for world. Skyrim VR, I don't, I'm, I have no idea what's going on with this. So if sure. you if you bought the PS4 uh, like remastered version of mm-hmm. it, um, yeah. does is it just like a patch you download for it, or do you have to buy a new Skyrim? It's an all VR? new game. Oh boy, it's a whole new game. And if you look at the game. You can kind of see why it is. It is an entirely new game. They had to rework the combat um, because you can play with dual shocks or what are they called? Uh, the motion shocks. I don't know what those are called. Oh, the move the, controllers. Yeah, the move controllers. You can play it with that. So you can like 
draw back a bow with that oh, and then cool. release it and you can like swing your swords you can shoot fire all over the place oh like, my goodness it's an entirely different game um yeah. and like it's not as pretty as the ps4 remaster because it has to run at 90 frames per second minimum and so they had to stereo, pair things back. and stereo yeah, yeah and two views rendered so it looks a little bit worse than the ps3 version but oh, i'm really? suspecting yeah but i'm suspecting it won't matter as much when you're in the game because yeah. you'll just be in skyrim which is what i've wanted yeah. all along you'll be in the virtual so, world in the virtual world <laughs> so uh i will be doing some streams of this uh once i get back from my thanksgiving vacation which i will be back by the time this episode releases so good times um yeah so good times look look for uh, a stream real st- a skyrim vr stream real soon very cool um I feel like there's more, but I can't think of anything else. So I'm going to go ahead and say that's it. Oh, and also I yeah. reached out to Polyarch Games to see if we can get a Moss code for PSVR. So hopefully we'll be streaming Ooh. some of that pretty soon. Yeah, that'd times. be awesome. Yeah. I would love to stream that. So um, I have still, uh, same as last time pretty much, except for the Vegas part. Um, I've been playing right. more, more Cuphead and more Horizon Zero Dawn, The Frozen Wilds um oh yeah back in the saddle adam running yeah back in the saddle um so yeah i mean not not much has changed there both still loving both of those games and uh mm-hmm. yeah so i think uh i think what i'd like to do yeah at this point because i know mm-hmm. i know this is what the user then what the listeners tune in for <laughs> this is what this is what everyone waits for every fortnight this is their favorite part i i betcha some people will just tune out after this, you know, they've heard everything they need to hear. <laughs> they heard everything they need. I'm going to sell you something already. I, it's, we've yeah. only been going a few minutes here. You've been waiting at least <laughs> 10 minutes for this moment, you know? And that is because uh, basically after this uh, point in the show, we're going to cut to um, our interview with Josh and go Naughty Dog wild uh, through mm-hmm. the rest of uh, the episode. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, and I will say I'm I'm not going to edit this episode uh, nearly as much as maybe oh, yes. as far as uh, swearing goes. Uh, so you know the the Naughty Dog he inter- kept it very PG. He, he really fine. did. He really did. It's nothing terrible, but you know it's it it'll be a little bit more uh, sweary, a little more sweary than than usual. So just <laughs> just you know, and light 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 spoilers for Uncharted uh, one through four. Um, nothing, nothing, and, and a little tiny one for Lost Legacy. But yeah, I feel like he we kept were... it so vague that I haven't played it yet, and I didn't know what he was talking about. Yeah, so. I feel like we were very careful too. Uh, we didn't mm-hmm. spoil anything big at all. So yeah. yeah. Anyway, so good times. And also, there's a big warning for that spoiler, so you can like skip there is. Ahead yeah, you, you can you, skip yeah. it when we get there. So yeah. anyway, uh, fair fair warning there. And now Podbean. Mm. Podbean. Have you heard of Podbean, I, David? I am. I'm a big fan of Podbean, and do you know why? Well, I have a feeling it's because they've been hosting our podcast reliably for 83 fortnights. That is exactly why, Adam. I'm so glad we're on the same page here. (laughs) So yeah, if you're starting up a podcast like your old chums at SBF VGS, allow me to recommend you host your podcast episodes on Podbean. And you know, like I say every time, I can definitely recommend them with a clear conscience. They've been very good to us. So they're, They're one sponsor we can all say like we use and they're reliable and we're you know like because i've never used uh loot crate or or game what is it gamefly i've never used those but i have i've used i've used gamefly it's a good time yeah but we 
have definitely used uh, these guys, and they are super reliable. And Audible. So. I can definitely vouch for Audible. Yeah, I use Audible as well. Do you want to just and do I'm the rest saying... of the show as different various ads? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's, you know what? We could just skip. We'll save the interview we'll for the next interview. week. Yeah. We'll do another hour and a half of ad. You know Why what not? I love about Audible? <laughs> anyway, Podbean... <laughs> The Podbean will host your episodes. There's a Podbean uh, mobile app that, that you can podcast directly from. Uh, you can oh, embed cool. your uh, Podbean player into your blog, your website, what have you. So it's it's they have a lot of good tools. They've matured. They've done a lot of growing, a lot of maturing maturation. over the years. Maturation. Some maturation, yes. And uh, yeah, you can get in on that at podbean.com slash SBFVGS. All right, and for the meat and potatoes topic this evening, we have Josh Share, writer at Naughty Dog. He uh, co-wrote Uncharted 4, uh, Uncharted The Lost Legacy, has done many awesome things there over the years, and which we'll get into. Uh, but Josh, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. Fun to be here. Yeah, so awesome. Good times. Yeah. So um, I wanted to ask you kind of first off, take a, a trip in the Wayback Machine, way back. What was your very first job in the games industry? Oh, God. Well, okay. If you want to go way, way back, uh, <laughs> when I first uh, got out of grad school, um, I went to USC uh, Cinema School for uh, animation and film and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, the very first job I got out of school was with a visual effects company called Digital Domain that had just started up a uh, brand new uh, new media division. And I put those words in uh, scare quotes. Uh, <laughs> this, is, this was, well, this was kind of back when... Um, Mist had come out. Uh, lots of people were discovering the idea of like putting entertainment onto a CD-ROM, and mm-hmm. you know Hollywood was all about, oh well, you know we make movies all the time. If we can make <laughs> games, that's easy. Uh, so, <laughs> so that was there. So this was a uh, digital domain sort of a foray into this. So the very first thing I worked on was a game uh, for the PlayStation One uh, that went by the name of Ted Shred. And I can hear you thinking, oh, Ted Shred, I don't think I've heard of that. And that's because it never came out. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> because, well, I'm because, so glad be, I didn't lie about it and say, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah Ted Shred. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Big fan. My exactly. favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Although, funny story. The idea is that it's sort of like, you know, extreme sports guy going th- cruising through levels, doing stuff, trying to like save the planet from like people destroying the environment, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but, <laughs> okay. uh, but what was interesting was that we had this uh, level that took place on a river. And, you know, we'd done some stuff with the river. There were some waterfalls. You know, it was kind of starting to look very nice. And then um, this game came out uh, called uh, Crash Bandicoot. Uh, <laughs> and we looked at their river levels and we said, rats. Uh, actually, we didn't actually say rats, but uh, right. I understand I shouldn't swear on this show. So, uh, <laughs> Thank you. you know, trying, trying, trying to keep it clean. So, nice. you know, that was... Um, that was kind of my first introduction to uh, Naughty Dog, and um, mm-hmm. you know, I left I left there uh, not too long after, uh, and I did a lot of work in like feature film and animation. Uh, I was at DreamWorks and Disney for a while, did a bunch nice. of freelance stuff. Uh, but then, yeah, uh, I came back. I came to Naughty Dog uh, at the beginning of uh, two thousand one. Um, I had just finished up. I was finishing up some work on a, a test at uh, Nickelodeon. They wanted to make a. Uh, a Mighty Mouse film, a 3D Mighty Mouse film. And uh, the test was uh, a uh, political nightmare. Everybody was oh. stabbing each other, not only in the backs, but also the fronts. And uh, <laughs> I, was, I was 
I was looking to get out of there as soon as possible, and um, I saw that Naughty Dog was hiring. I was like, oh, yeah, Naughty Dog. I like Crash Bandicoot. Let's see what those guys are up to. That's so awesome. Comes my, back around. Yeah, so yeah, so my very first, uh, my very first job at Naughty Dog was uh, doing uh, cinematics for uh, the very first uh, Jack and Daxter game. Nice. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So, and it makes a lot of sense that, you know, you had this film background. And I love how we just kind of gloss over, oh, Disney, you know, DreamWorks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all about Naughty Dog. Um, <laughs> I love it. Um, but yeah, like, it's it's interesting that you had this film background, especially because with the first Jack and Daxter game, um, you know, we saw there was this huge jump in in kind of cinematics and production value. And I, I, assume, I assume you had, you know, quite a bit to do with that. Um, I wouldn't say it had a lot to do with it on the first game, uh, because by the time I came on board, like they were underway in production. Um, okay. And I was, yeah, I was hired, I was hired as a cinematics animator and this was actually something new for Naughty Dog because up to that point, everybody was kind of a, pardon the expression, jack of all trades. And, yeah. um, this is the yeah. first time I that they were there. <laughs> yeah. They were so <laughs> shameless. Uh, <laughs> And right. they and they were. This is the first time they were actually hiring somebody to do a very specific job, and that was just because okay. you know games were requiring larger crews, and it made more sense for people to start specializing. Um, mm-hmm. And um, you know, I didn't really, you know, I didn't know what to expect. Uh, mm-hmm. Anytime you anytime you apply for a job at Naughty Dog, and oftentimes in the game industry, you actually have to like do a test for them. That's just kind of unusual, but. Uh, you know, whenever you're going to work for a small team, a lot of companies want to make sure that, you know, you can actually do the work that you said you did on your demo reel. So, right. That makes uh, sense. So I came in and, um, you know, to, I came into the studio, this is before everybody had 3d software on their laptops at home. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, and they gave me a character, they gave me an audio file and just said like, you know, see what you can do with this in a couple of hours. And, you know, of course, when I was there, I was walked in thinking like, okay, I can probably do this. This should be fine. Mm-hmm. And then I saw the animation that they had done for the main characters. Um, it's done by this guy named John Kim. And it was by far and away the best animation I'd ever seen in a game. Like mm-hmm. Jack and Daxter actually followed the principles of animation. There was squash and stretch. There's yep. all this crazy stuff that they were doing. And, you know, once again, I went, oh, no. Again, I didn't actually say, oh, no. Uh, <laughs> right. But then, okay. but then suddenly oh, what? I, oh, drat. I oh, think. dear. Yeah. Oh, dear. <laughs> Oh, oh fudge so what i thought was going to be yeah so what i thought was going to be a reasonable afternoon ended up being very very stressful and you know like i'm sweating like oh. albert brooks and broadcast news uh, but thankfully you know they still hired me um but one thing though is that uh everybody there at the time was still very much like you know in the video game world which meant that um you know when you talk to somebody, the camera would point directly at their face mm. and not move. And then when it was time for somebody else to talk, the camera would point directly at their face and not yep. move. And so there's a lot of that. <laughs> and so there weren't really leads at the company at the time. And so I just sort of started doing stuff a little bit more cinematically, just because that's what I was used to. That's how I was used to do storytelling. And, you know, other people kind of started picking up on that. And uh, everybody sort of liked try, started trying it out for themselves to sort of see what it did. And then on Jack 2, um, we decided we wanted to have leads largely for organizational and scheduling purposes and not necessarily like, you know, you must do what I say purposes. Uh, mm-hmm. That came. Yeah. That was more, everybody, Jason Rubin, who was uh, still there at the time, wanted to still keep things fast and loose. Um, okay. But what I did was, is I just said to everybody, let's see if we can push this. Let's see if we can really make this more, um, you know, the cutscenes more like movies. 
And mm-hmm. it wasn't just the animation and it wasn't just the camera work. Um, if you go back and play the first Jack and Daxter, you'll notice that with the exception of the intro movie and the uh, ending movie, uh, none of the cinematics in the game are scored or have really any custom ca- sound effects to speak of. So oh, you know, yeah. you'll have this dramatic scene with Gaul and Maya talking about how they're going to destroy the world. And then you have uh, uh, Josh Mansell's uh, nice little ditties in the background going, do, 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 do. And, you know, it doesn't, doesn't it, you know, it doesn't quite work together. So mm-hmm. uh, one of the big um, pushes as well was just like actually, you know, paying somebody money to like write music for the cutscenes. And so, oh, okay. <clears throat> and so, you know, we, you know, everybody was just kind of like learning as they went. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, every single game, everybody tried to like, you know, push themselves a little bit more to mm-hmm. see how much more we could, uh, you know, expand our repertoire and like really make it more cinematic. Um, and was, was it a pretty small studio at that time? Like how many employees <laughs> did you guys have? Uh, so I was employee number 33, I think. Wow. Um, oh, okay. so, so like not as small as like uh, crash team racing, I'm pretty sure it was like 12 or maybe 15 people. I don't quite remember. So we grew a bit in size uh, to get Jack and Daxter done, and, mm-hmm. and then by yeah. the time uh, then by the time we started uh, pre production on Uncharted or what would become Uncharted, we were up to about like sixty sixty five wow. or so. Um, and then you know that was a uh, Uncharted. Obviously, it was a whole another whole another ball of wax. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> and I mean for that stuff, you know, you know with uh, with Amy here, uh, she was you know game director on Jack Three. You know, we really wanted to take the cinematics to the next level. And we knew motion capture was going to be involved. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And we also knew, yeah, that was, that was a whole new, different, crazy challenge. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and that's the thing. Like I, I remember it, Well, first of all, it's hard to imagine that games could be made with 12 people at some point, because now like, mm-hmm. you know, like all the, all the like press and behind the scenes stuff we see of naughty dogs, like just so many artists all over the place. Like it's, it's it's amazing how much the industry has changed in the last yeah. what how long has that been like fifteen years maybe maybe twenty ish. Well, it's, I've been here almost seventeen years. So, seventeen, uh, there you go. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's been a while. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, because especially you think about well, there's, there's indie studios now, right, that are about that size. But like, if you think about these, were the games that were the big games of the day, right? Yep. I mean, mm-hmm. and yep. they were being made by these tiny teams by <laughs> comparison. Crazy. You know, it's crazy. It's pretty oh, yeah. wild. Yeah, a lot of it has to do with, you know, the, you know, the graphic fidelity, like what you could mm-hmm. do and what you could get away with. And you know, obviously, you know, making a character like Daxter takes a lot less time than making a character like Nathan Drake. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you know, if the characters get more complex, your crew size has to uh, go up accordingly. Um, <clears throat> and I mean, you know, right now, uh, I think we have a core staff here of about like 200 and... 20 ish or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when it comes time to like go into full production, we start hiring contractors and we'll get as high as like, well, we'll get over 300. Oh and my then that, goodness. Uh, but then that doesn't even count. Uh, there's this entire uh, studio down in San Diego. It's called the Sony Arts uh, Visual Arts Services Group. And they mm-hmm. do a number of different things uh, animation, modeling, scanning. Uh, motion capture for a number of different Sony companies, and okay. with and with them, uh, they do a huge percentage of our cinematics because they can ramp up to like fifty or sixty people very easily. Wow! And so they do a lot of that. They do a lot of the work down there, huh. and then of course That's we amazing. also have we also work with I don't even know how many like six or more 
uh, companies in places as far flung as like China and the Philippines that do a lot of our very specific environment art. Like we have, okay. um, we have, um, you know, we have a huge team of environment artists in house and, you know, mm-hmm. they take care of a lot of the, uh, they take care of a lot of the uh, organic uh, work that you see in there and like the basic building blocks for all the levels, like the walls and the pillars and everything else like that. Mm-hmm. But if there's something uh, very specific, like that you can, we can like say draw a piece of concept art of, and just like, we need this statue. We can just send it to somebody overseas. They'll, and then they send us back a statue. And then that way our environment, so cool. and then that, that way our environment artists uh, can focus on the stuff that's like core to the uh, gameplay and stuff mm-hmm. that needs to be, uh, iterated on in the office uh, versus yeah. a versus a statue, which is just like you know we just stick a cube somewhere. We say this is going to be a statue eventually, and then, <laughs> and then <laughs> that's interesting. Ju- and then we can drop yeah. it in later. So yeah, I mean, that's really, really cool. hund- hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people work on our games now, uh, wow. not just in the studio. So yeah, yeah, it's bonkers. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's really cool. Can you kind of pick a, a favorite moment at the studio up to this point? Oh God. <laughs> um. I know that's a honestly. Hard one. <laughs> uh, I think, I think if anything, I think it has to be the reception to Uncharted Two. Uh, oh yeah, and oh, yeah. and that's because um, you know uh, I wasn't around for Crash Bandicoot, and you know mm-hmm. those games were obviously very popular. You know Jack and Daxter uh, did very well, but you know it never you know didn't really didn't really set the world on fire. You know the those were games that uh, we enjoyed making very much, and uh, people enjoyed playing. Um, and then, of course, you know, the first Uncharted, we were trying something very new and something that was uh, well outside our comfort zone. And, uh, you know, there's a whole long story about how that game got made um, and uh, <laughs> um, almost almost didn't make it. Oh, uh, wow. <laughs> uh, there, but, uh, you know, just the fact yeah, that the game... Yeah, well, let's hear that story, too. <laughs> well, I mean... We've got sh- plenty of time. The short version, <laughs> the, the, the short, the short version of it is that we were developing all kinds of, we had to develop a hundred percent brand new tools to get things up and running on the PlayStation. Uh, And, you know, we did an entire round of tools that we just realized weren't going to work. And we ended up having to scrap them and start over. Wow. Uh, Meanwhile, we were also, uh, we were also simultaneously developing a Jack and Daxter game for the PSP. um, Yeah. yeah. That we ultimately decided to dump because we knew we would never get uncharted finished on time. And eventually, uh, a different company, uh, High Impact, uh, made it, uh, and that was Jack and Daxter: The Lost Frontier. Um, oh, okay. But yeah, we just we just dropped it like a bad habit because we knew we would never get Uncharted done. And mm-hmm. you know, even then, uh, you know, we were kind of discovering the mechanics. Uh, you know, you have ideas for what the mechanics for your game are going to be, but you know, in order, until you actually get them in the game and working, you have no idea if they're going to be fun or not. Uh, right. You know, right. Early versions of Uncharted, uh, there was actually sort of a uh, lock-on targeting system, not unlike uh, Zelda or Tomb Raider. And it oh, wasn't okay. until later that we actually switched to the more cover-based uh, shooting stuff that you found, found in Kill Switch and Gears of War. And so there, a lot of these decisions were being made uh, very close to release, which required us <laughs> to go back to previous levels that we thought were done and revamp them to make take advantage of like the combat. So oh. by the time the game came out, um, I mean, I could list dozens of other examples, but by the time the game came out, it worked and it was a good proof of concept and we were really happy with the way it came out, but we had a laundry list of things that we wanted to do that we didn't get to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the very first thing and everybody at the studio was jazzed and we're just like, all right, we're going to sit down and we're going to make something 
that we really wanted to make the first time, but we didn't have yeah, the tools yeah. and we didn't have the knowledge and we didn't have the time. Uh, <laughs> so, well, and I imagine I, you know, you hear all over from various developers too, that the PS3 was really a, a, a huge learning curve in itself, hardware wise to develop for. So, oh yeah, no, I mean, we had, we have some pretty astonishing programmers in house. And in fact, in house, we have, uh, a team called the ice team. And they are actually the people who um, they're almost like a separate company from us. They are the people who help develop the next gen hardware and help people, uh, you know, get the most out of the hardware. So we had these people literally mm. in our office and it was still oh, nice. difficult. Wow. <laughs> so, wow. Um, so yeah, so, you know, uncharted two was, you know, it was difficult. Uh, we were trying a lot of new things, a lot of new technology. Um, doing a level like the train required that we rewrite a whole ton of code in order to support like action and, uh, things on uh, moving objects. Uh, it was obviously, <laughs> oh, wow. it was obviously the right decision, uh, to yeah, commit oh, that, man. but yeah, but One I of my mean, most vivid memories from that game for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But, but you know, like, uh, the train level was the very first level we started prototyping and it was the very last thing to be working in the game. Wow. Uh, <laughs> and you know, whenever you're in the midst of a big project like this, um, you know, you can't see the forest for the trees, you know, all you see are the problems and all the things you didn't get to. And so we were, <laughs> we knew we were making something that was good, but we were not prepared for the reception. We were not prepared for how much people just loved it. And, you know, it was, it was a combination of like a, an incredible feeling of like, you know, oh my God, all that hard work was worth it. And it paid off mm-hmm. and, <laughs> and a great deal of pride. And then of course, you know, I, Speaking for myself, at least, it was sort of a, uh, oh, hell, now what do we do for an encore? <laughs> and the answer to that, What's of course, next? <laughs> and the answer to that, of yeah. course, was Uncharted 3. So, um, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that's that to me was kind of like, it was, a, I mean, it was a big turning point for the studio, too. Um, mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Uh, and because for a lot of the time, like, you know, we were, you know, people sort of looked at us as people who sort of like, took other people's uh, ideas uh, inspired by other people's ideas and sort of like made them our own. And this was mm-hmm. really the first time that we made something that I felt was like entirely our own and proved yeah. that yeah. we could do it. So. Yeah. Well, just as a, as a gamer at the time, like I remember I didn't buy a PS3 until Metal Gear Solid 4 came out. Cause that mm-hmm. was just like, that was the straw. <laughs> so, um, and, and at the time I remember uh, seeing at like a Best Buy kiosk, I saw, you know, Nathan Drake running around through this lush, you know, jungle environment. And I, I was like, what? what's this? <laughs> and uh, and uh, I remember someone telling me like, oh, yeah, that's the that's the Crash Bandicoot people. And I was like, what? Because <laughs> I, I had kind of like fallen out of gaming for a little while there. I was a huge gamer as a kid and then, uh, you know, took the rock and roll path, you know, no regrets. <laughs> Um, but yeah, then, but then, yeah, like I ended up getting back in and, uh, but yeah, so it was, it was kind of this like, oh yeah, oh my gosh, these guys, I remember, I remember really liking their games. And then I, I I think I picked up that game or rented it, uh, the first Uncharted and played through it, couldn't put it down and played through it in one weekend. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Just like nonstop, uh, you know, like where you're kind of you realize you've been playing too long and your head kind of hurts, but you're going to keep going. <laughs> so it was one of those things. And, um, but yeah, it was, it was definitely for me, just, uh, just cool to see that how much the studio had, had transitioned just from an outsider's perspective. So, um, but yeah, I'm, as far as oh, that goes, thanks, yeah, yeah, no problem. <laughs> um, so I was curious about, cause you know, you, you were the cinematics animation lead for, you know, 
Jack series, Uncharted 1 through 3, or I guess at what point did you become the lead? Was it on 2? It was on, on Jack, uh, Jack? It, it was on Jack 2. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So at so basically, you know, from Jack 2 through Uncharted 3, you were, you know, the cinematics a- animation lead. And um, Naughty Dog's animation really is some of the absolute best in the industry. So For real, I was, yeah. I was curious if Thank you could you. talk a little bit about kind of the team's approach to character animation. Boy, uh, well, so, so on the Jack series, uh, it was all keyframe animation. Uh, so, you know, just done by hand, same way you do it at Pixar and everything like that. And mm. really for us, um, the goal was to sort of achieve that sort of similar elasticity that you see in a lot of uh, feature film animation. And yeah. uh, that hadn't that wasn't really something that had been attempted in games before. And the reason for that is that, as it turns out, it's just really damn hard. And it's not, <laughs> it's, it's not, it's not only hard just from an artistic standpoint, but just from a actual game tools standpoint. Like, oh, in, order, in order to do it well... Uh, you not only need to be able to uh, scale and stretch the different parts of your character's body, but if you want to do it really well, uh, you need to have some equivalent of uh, what are called blend shapes. Um, blend shapes are generally used for facial animation. Um, mm-hmm. It kind of is saying like, you know, when the character goes A, you know, their mouth looks like this and, you know, you sculpt it so that the jaw is open. Mm-hmm. And when the character makes an ooh face, you sculpt that for that for that shape. And mm-hmm. most games didn't use blend shapes because they were very computationally expensive. Uh, oh, okay. Generally they would put uh, what are called bones or joints into the vertices of the mesh and just sort of drag those around. And that's why it always mm-hmm. sort of looked like floopy and soggy. Oh but, man. <laughs> uh, but one of our programmers was able to figure out how to do. I just really love that word shapes. floopy. floopy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is, is that an industry <clears throat> term? I just, Sorry. I think that's from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, actually. Okay. Nice. But, uh, <laughs> Very nice. Um, <laughs> okay. But, uh, so you got blend uh, shapes into Jack yeah. and Dexter. So, so, yeah, we had somebody figure it out, and so we were able to do that, and that's why that's you know, awesome. we're able to do all those crazy mouth-stretching things of Daxter without breaking the model. Um, yeah. And, then, I mean, in terms of a... Um, I mean, from in terms from a direction standpoint, uh, a lot of it was just me trying to make sure everybody was consistent with everybody else, because when we were animating on Jack and Daxter we had to animate anywhere between 20 and 30 seconds of finished animation uh, per animator per week. Uh, mm, okay. To give you an idea of comparison, somebody at Disney would probably be doing the equivalent of maybe five to eight seconds a week. So, oh, okay. so it was wow. a lot. So yeah. Yeah. there wasn't always a lot of time for planning. You would just sit down, talk about the scene, discuss what we were going to do. And then you're just like, okay, dude, go for it. And uh, <laughs> just kind of like check in on everybody and like make sure nobody was like going too off base and uh, mm-hmm. just kind of going along. <laughs> it was very much like a catch as catch can kind of situation. Obviously wow. all that changed with Uncharted because we were shifting over to motion capture. Um, mm. uh, motion capture uh, at back at the time was very, was uh, was anathema to a lot of animators. You know, it was kind of like, it's kind of like the idea of like, you know, tracing somebody else's work. You're just like, yeah, oh, I, I want to create it from scratch. You know, I think every yeah. anime, I think every animator threatened to quit, quit at one point. It was kind oh, of like the, really it's kind of like the angry villagers with the pitchforks and the torches and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, then I, we, I work with some animators and like, you know, they, right. They don't love motion capture. They were like, I could just do it. Just let me do it. <laughs> Here's the thing though. Um, animating, Does, I'm curious if it, if it feels kind of like cheating, like how, auto-tuning vocals in Pro Tools kind of feels like cheating to, to musicians. <laughs> well, here's the th- it depends on how you approach it. But here's the okay. thing. Right. Uh, here's the thing. Animating realistic humans in a on a schedule is really, really hard. Because oh, yeah. unlike mm-hmm. a Daxter, 
we know what humans look like. We know what they move like, how they move. And, you know, whenever you're looking at a crowd of people, your eyes always go to the dude with the limp because our brains are trained to recognize when somebody is not moving right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, survival instinct, whatever it is, but it's just sort of like, oh, huh. what's up? With, it's sort of like, oh, what's up with that dude over there? And, <laughs> and the thing is like, yeah, so if you animate a human incorrectly, you're going to notice and it's going to take very you, obvious. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and it's going to take you out of these emotional performances that we're trying to create. So mm-hmm. motion capture it was. And, mm-hmm. but what we did though, is that we developed a suite of tools over a period of like a year or two years um, that would allow us to take the motion capture and essentially just use it as a starting point. So that mm. if, uh, you know, so that if a character, if one of our actors on stage pointed and said, let's go over there, but it wasn't like a particularly good pose or it didn't look like good in camera, we could tweak mm-hmm. it until mm-hmm. it did. And yeah. that, and that was super important. Um, yeah, for sure. And, um, so a lot of, so at that point it just sort of became a, a collaboration in a way between the actors and, uh, the animators, um, mm-hmm. you know, and everybody sort of like got rid of the mentality of just like, uh, motion capture blah, versus like, oh, this will actually, <laughs> this will actually save me about three weeks of work and allow me to actually tune the performance to something that I want. Yeah. Now, now uh, another thing though, is that on, uh, the first three Uncharted games and on, uh, the last of us and left behind um, all of the facial animation was still keyframed. Um, right. And yeah. that was a very time consuming process. Uh, but part of the reason that we did it is that uh, at the time, which was, you know, like two, between 2005 and uh, 2010 at the time, uh, facial capture was expensive and a colossal pain in the ass <laughs> and the results and the results generally sucked uh, unless you had like, you know, the geniuses at Weta who did Gollum and Lord of the Wings. Right. Wings. Once yeah, you had yeah. their tools and their time right. and their resources, it just wasn't going to happen. And even still, mm-hmm. no matter what Andy Circus will tell you, it's not a magic <laughs> process where you put the dots in your face and suddenly your performance is instantly transformed <laughs> into uh, what you Andy see Circus, it, in the film. To me. He, he, he's so, notorious. I do visual uh, effects for a living. He is notorious among yeah. my, my group. <laughs> yeah. No, it's not this magic box. There's still a lot yeah. of work that gets done mm-hmm. to facial capture after the fact. Um, <laughs> yep. But at the time, it just wasn't worth it to us. Um, mm-hmm. However, uh, when uh, Uncharted 4 started rolling around and we knew the increased fidelity in the character models was going to be coming up, we knew it was time to like take a look into it again. Mm-hmm. Um, and what ended up happening was uh, we ended up uh, working on a system with our uh, friends down at the Sony visual arts services group. Uh, oh, okay. And they were actually working with a guy who did a lot of the early development work on uh, Lord of the, the Lord of the Rings face capture system. Oh, nice. That's and awesome. so now they have a system that we use uh, to help solve the uh, facial capture in a way um, mm-hmm. that works. And, um, and face capture, a lot of the face capture stuff that was developing wasn't just the software and the tools and the animator side of things. It was also on the performance side of things because obviously you have your actors and you have these now cameras sticking out in front of their face. Mm-hmm. So we researched, we spent a long trying t- time trying to develop like a good, comfortable rig that they could wear for a long period yeah. of time to find a good way to get a marker set on their face that didn't take forever to put on and would stay on when it was on all this stuff. Mm-hmm. It was, it was a very laborious process, but now, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, if you look at Uncharted 4, the, the scene that still just blows my mind at Uncharted 4 is when uh, Nathan Drake and Elena are having dinner 
and oh he's asking gosh. her, and he's asking her every day, and she just does this little thing. Okay, well, you know, she like looks up to yeah. the side, twiddles, twiddles her hair, and she's like doing all these things, and it looks so natural. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. just, it just, and you know, the animators still went in and tweaked little things here and there, but it, you know, again, you get that base layer performance to start with, and mm-hmm. you know, you can just yeah. do wondrous things with it. Um, That's yeah. really interesting because it's like, so, it's kind of an evolution of the same process, right? And you take mm-hmm. the the facial capture now, and and now there's even more polish on top of that mm-hmm. um, from the animator standpoint. Yep. Do you guys ever have animators there while the motion capture is being done to kind of uh, oh, yeah. speak to some of those things? Oh yeah, no. Uh, the lead animators are always on set whenever we're shooting stuff. <laughs> That's, uh, That's awesome. Any, any of the cool. any of the cutscenes, the lead animators are there, and then any of the gameplay animation and stuff, the lead animators and the animator responsible for getting that stuff into the game are also there. It's a very hands-on That's process. So cool. That's uh, a great idea. I, and, I like mm-hmm. I like hearing that. That makes me happy. Yeah. No, we don't. We don't just have an animation director like takes a bunch of stuff, then walks up to the animators like, here you go, babu. <laughs> and then those animators are like, what am I supposed to do with this? No, everybody is, everybody is responsible for their own work. Um, That's awesome. And uh, yeah, no, we have a lot of systems that way that just, we've just developed over the years. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, yeah. and here's yeah, another. You, you kind of hear about the culture of Naughty Dog a lot, um, you know, different articles and things where, you know, just kind of this, I guess a, a bit more freeform maybe than, uh, and you guys uh, don't have producers uh, from what I've hear, heard and everything. So um, could you talk a little bit about that and how, how the uh, kind of just the structure of the studio uh, lends to the creative process? Mm-hmm. Sure. So, I mean, it's been that way ever since I started here. And part of it is because uh, a number of people came, of the, from the studio came from places with producers that who were heinous oh. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> You know, they sort of like, you know, got, uh, you know, a little bit stressed about it. And they just like, I never want to do that again. But Mm -hmm. the role of the producer is defined differently at different studios. Uh, Mm -hmm. Some places, producers are just the people with the money and the schedule saying like, please finish it by this date or you're going to run out of money. Some producers are a lot more hands-on. Some producers get a lot more uh, in your face and making you, forcing you to do stuff that maybe you don't want to do. So the idea was just like, you know, the good ideas will rise to the top. And if you want your idea to be heard, you sort of have to fight for it uh, and mm-hmm. just like prove it. And uh, that was that was kind of the way it was at the beginning, which was great because, yeah, you if you had an idea and, uh, you know, people weren't convinced of your idea, you just sat down and you just did it anyway. And then you mm-hmm. showed it to people and they're like, oh, OK, yeah, you're right. This works. Or it's like, yeah, no, that still doesn't work. And then but at least it gives you an outlet to do it. And likewise, um, this was true when Jason and Andy were running the place. It was true when it was Evan and Christoph, and now just Evan. Like, if you wanted to, you just like walk straight into their offices and just say, like, I have an pr- idea, or like, I have a problem with this. And it's the same. <laughs> yeah. with, mm-hmm. And it's the same with Neil. And it's the same with any of the leads. Um, you know, we don't want to have people have to go through a chain of command to get a good idea out there. It just has to get there as fast as possible. And yeah, that's really cool. It's really cool. Uh, except at the end of the project when we're just trying to get the, <laughs> except for when we're trying to get the damn game done, then it becomes, then it's a yeah. little bit more of a liability and we have, but we have ways to, dis- we have ways to discuss it and try to filter it in such a way that uh, it doesn't become too disruptive. Like at the end of the game, that's obviously not a good time for people saying like, oh, I think it would be great if I put a tree right here. And then like, suddenly yeah. it's, Right, suddenly it's like right in the middle of the cutscene. You can't see anybody's faces. <laughs> yeah. and like people are getting locked. Obviously, you know, there are limits to like what you can do. Sure. But, yeah. um, you guys but, have like kind of a no more new ideas uh, cut off date. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yes, sort of. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the question I mean, mark on the end of that. Yes. <laughs> I mean, you know, there's, there's the, I can't remember who said this, but there's the old saying like, you know, uh, art is never finished, only abandoned. And yeah. it's, and it's kind of like, you know, you will ship the game when you pry it out of our hands kind of thing. Yeah. And, <laughs> And, you know, we don't want to discourage people from, like, polishing their levels or doing else like that. Sure, but there are certain yeah. levels of polish that we don't want to do. I was like, obviously, at a certain point, it's like, don't move anything. Make the yeah. textures prettier. <laughs> make the textures prettier. Do whatever. But don't move anything. Or, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> but then at a certain point, it's like, don't add anything. Because the level is just <laughs> barely in memory and frame rate right now. And if you add something, it'll break it. And we will find you. <laughs> so, so yeah, there are, there are cutoff points. Um, That's cool. Uh, but, but ultimately, uh, you know, we do have much more structure here than we did when I started. We have leads, um, mm-hmm. and leads all get together and have meetings once a week and then disseminate information to their crews. Um, okay. uh, but ultimately, you know, everybody that we hire here, uh, could potentially be a lead almost anywhere else because what's important is that we have people who can work, uh, independent of like hands-on direction. Like mm-hmm. we look, we gotcha. look for people. We look for people who are, we just say like, we need you to do this. And they'll be like, okay. And then you don't need to check in on them for like two weeks as opposed okay. to somebody else who's just like, you check in on them every day. Okay. Let's see what you got. Let's see what you got. Cause then, cause we yeah. don't have time for that because we're trying to like plow through all this stuff. Yeah. Um, and you know, again, that has this pluses and minuses. Um, and that's also partially why we still, after all these years do the art tests because we want to make sure uh, one, if you know, we give you a task that you can just do it without too much direction. Uh, and two, that if we give you a task, you're not going to be like, oh, why should I do this? I don't want to do this, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> right, so, yeah. so, you know, a number of people, you know, we, we, they say, hey, we want to apply for a job at Naughty Dog. And we say, okay, great, here's a test. And some people will say, I don't want to do a test. And we'll say, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine that's, yeah. the, that's, the that's, luck. that's, that's your choice and yeah, uh, yeah. you know you know we've probably missed some really good people that way but it's still uh important yeah. to us that uh mm-hmm. you know you're just sort of on board with the way we work um and ultimately you know everybody's responsible what's nice is that this autonomy gives people a sense of ownership yeah. uh that I never experienced working anywhere else. And uh, I think that's a reason why a lot of people like working here is that, you know, they, they're not just given like, you know, here you get to model all the windows, you know, or whatever they, mm-hmm. they get a chunk and that is mm-hmm. their chunk and they make their chunk beautiful. And yeah, uh, that's cool. Know, it's just, yeah, it's cool. That's, that is really cool. Now I, I did want to talk to you about um, Uncharted 4. Um, and kind of the transition into the lost legacy. Um, cause Uncharted 4, you know, came along as someone who played all three PS3, uh, Uncharted's and the Vita Uncharted. Um, uh, <laughs> when Uncharted 4 finally came, I was just like raring to go. So the, um, I'm just, you know, having completed Uncharted 4 and it was this great wrap up to Nathan Drake's story. Um, and I thought, you know, yeah, there, I was kind of assuming there's going to be some story DLC kind of based off of what was done with The Last of Us. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I figured there'd be something, you know, maybe maybe we run around as Sam for a little while or what have you. Um, but yeah, could you could you talk a little bit about maybe the inspiration behind the story of The Lost Legacy? Sure. So. So yeah, so uh, Uncharted 4 was, you know, I had transitioned uh, from uh, being an animator, being full-time writer uh, on Mm -hmm. Uncharted 4. Uh, Previously, I was was actually involved with the uh, 
story development on the first Uncharted and the second Uncharted as well. Like did did a lot of work with uh, Amy, Bruce, and Neil, uh, getting those two projects up and running with the story and the characters. Um, mm-hmm. And then once the animation production started, I sort of transitioned off of that and went back to my you know full time job. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, when so when we were working on Uncharted Four, it was decided that yeah, we wanted to do some kind of story DLC, just like we had done for Last of Us. Uh, we didn't have anything specific in mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, Neil had something very specific in mind for The Last of Us uh, when he was working on it. He already had Left Behind in his brain. Um, but we just knew we were going to do something. Uh, we weren't yeah. quite sure what. Um, and, I mean, the thought originally was to do something that was kind of like a fill-in-the-blank of this missing piece of Uncharted 4 thing, kind of like mm-hmm. uh, how Left Behind was. But um, Sure, yeah. But the thing is, uh, the more we thought about it um, and the more we, like, really realized that we were putting, like, a final wrap up on uh, Nathan Drake's story. We just sort of realized anything that we did with Nathan Drake was just going to feel superfluous. Mm-hmm. And, and likewise, um, there didn't seem to be like a good hook. Like it was that would fill in a backstory that we felt needed to be filled in. Like, you know, a lot of people asked about, uh, you know, so what was uh, Sam doing with Rafe all that time? And it's like, well, it's better to leave that to your imagination or, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, for like, sure you know, what was uh, Libertalia like in the run up to the pirate colony? It's like, well, that was already kind of explained in all the notes and letters. So you would just sort mm-hmm. of be playing that. That didn't seem very interesting. Although pirates are cool. Um, yeah. <laughs> so what I it came down. I would play da- a naughty dog pirate game. I would. Yeah, I, I, I would too. I would. <laughs> I would too. But, uh, <laughs> but what it came down to was we just realized like, well, hell we can do a story with literally anybody. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. it was like, oh, damn, we can do a story literally to anybody. So we just started taking some ideas and going down roads with them to see where they led. And I mean, I sort of, I kickstarted the process and I started uh, looking at Sullivan because uh, he's still one of okay. my favorite characters. And I was even yeah, looking yeah. like at a, I was looking at like at a young Sullivan story. Um, but for a number of yeah. different reasons, for a number of reasons, um, <clears throat> hit some narrative dead ends. Uh, and I started uh, working with uh, Kurt and Sean and, um, you know, we weren't, we were just, there's some things we couldn't resolve. So just as like a palate cleanser, we were like, all right, let's just go completely different. Let's just do something with somebody else. Let's try Chloe because we all like Chloe. She's mm-hmm. a cool character. Who doesn't she, love Chloe? She felt yeah. like there's a number of Elena shippers who, uh, don't oh, like Chloe, but well, <laughs> a number of Chloe I don't, shippers. I, don't, I can't can, help them. <laughs> they, they, they can fight it out, but, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so we just started thinking like, okay, let's start going down the the Chloe road and mm-hmm. started thinking about her and her character and her background. The idea of like, you know, she's a thief like Nathan Drake, but she, you know, her moral compass is a little bit more finely tweaked than his. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's somebody who is, you know, likes to go for the big score, but is all about self-preservation. She's somebody who's like, mm. you know, willing to abandon things of it. You know, she ultimately, she wants to get out alive of these things. She's not a... Mm-hmm. She's not a, a adrenaline junkie like Nathan Drake. She's not, she doesn't have a hero <laughs> complex Nathan, like Nathan Drake. Uh, and um, so then the question became, um, who do we pair her with? Mm. And, you know, cause we like having, you know, we're not like other adventure games that are a little bit more solitary in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. We like having banter. We like having somebody sure. for the characters to play off of. And, yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, we kind of kept circling back to Nadine, uh, cause mm-hmm. you know, um, 
She has the rare distinction of being the only uh, Uncharted antagonist that is actually alive at the end of the game that she's in. Um, spoilers, sorry, you should have played it by Ooh, now. Whoops. Um, <laughs> we, did, we did a whole uh, spoiler cast on Uncharted yeah. 4. It's okay. That's true. Yeah. That's true. You know, I think... Uh, you know, I think it's been a year. I think, you know, the statute limitations yeah. there is like, you know, okay. <laughs> yeah, um, I think you're good. I think we're safe. Uh, <laughs> but also, um, you know, she seemed like a good contrast because, you know, where Chloe is very much got sort of a uh, devil maker approach to uh, how she does things and uh, very improvisational, you know, Nadine is military, born and bred. Mm-hmm. Uh, she do- likes to do things like the book. She likes to have a plan. And she's in this interesting place where she has lost everything. She's lost Shoreline. Uh, And so what would make Nadine desperate enough to take a job with a rogue treasure hunter? Well, she's trying to uh, to build her rep back up. Mm -hmm. And so that sort of of, uh, formed the basis for everything. And then um, we actually originally had a very different and considerably longer version of the story uh, that was uh, really that was uh, set in uh, China and Hong Kong, mm-hmm. and we beat the whole thing out. Uh, had all the note cards up on the board, everything like that, and we realized that if we were to produce this game, it would probably be at least as long as Uncharted Four. <laughs> and given that oh, we had uh, less than a year to make this game, we realized uh-huh. that was straight out. So we, we, we tried, we tried to make a considerably shorter version of it, see if we could like consolidate it. But when we did that, we lost everything that made the story interesting Mm. and we were all kind of frustrated. And then one weekend, uh, Sean, uh, Sean Sky, who's the creative director on the project, uh, came up with a pitch that was very simple, um, have you done a spoiler cast for Lost Legacy? Can I like spoil stuff uh, at all? <laughs> well, yeah, we can. I, let's do some spoilery uh, okay. warnings here. Spoiler I'll, warning I'll, for I'll keep, Lost Legacy. I'll keep. Uh, I'll keep it. I'll keep it vague as possible. He okay. Came okay. Up with so, an Id- he yeah, came next up with thirty an, seconds. Skip yeah, if, you, yeah, yeah. if you need to. Yeah. He came up with an idea that was essentially a rescue mission in the guise of a treasure hunt, and mm-hmm. that's and that's all I'll say. If you've played okay. the game, if you played okay. the game, you'll know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, and that sort of formed the basis for this new story that, you know, the initial pitch, you know, had issues, like as any initial pitches do, but it had a solid beginning, middle, and end. The characters had arcs that we could build on, and um, we just started running with it uh, as fast as we could. So and, it was an all-new uh, idea from the China adventure, basically. Yep, yep. Yeah, And it amazing. was around the time then that we were talking about uh, Chloe's background and realizing that, uh, you know, the the story we wanted to reflect a little bit more of her background. And so we shifted everything from uh, China to uh, India. Okay. And uh, when we did that, that's when, you know, we started researching uh, various locations and uh, old uh, Indian societies that we could base this around. That's where we uh, found the uh, Hoysala who are real. Uh, The Tusk of Ganesh (laughs) is not real. Um, Okay. (laughs) But it served as like a good sort of all-purpose MacGuffin because uh, mm-hmm. just due to the scope of the game, uh, we didn't feel like we had time to really do the usual thing. We were sort of like tracing the steps of a historical figure. Uh, one, because right, okay. that's a little bit more of a Nathan Drake thing. And two, like being able to flesh all that stuff out we knew would add to the running time. And we were trying to make this as lean and mean as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, we sort of built up everything that we did with, uh, you know, Chloe and her dad and then Nadine as well with her family relationships and then how the two of them uh, could find a uh, common ground. Um, and yeah, that's ultimately what became uh, the lost legacy though. Hmm. 
Uh, what's funny though is that when we pitched it and we uh, looked at it, we were sort of like, oh yeah, you know what? This game's going to be like four hours. This is going to be great. Mm-hmm. We'll be able to do this in a year, no problem. It'll be nice and easy. <laughs> nice and, easy. and if there's any one thing that we've been terrible at at Naughty Dog, it's uh, doing good uh, scope estimates. And, um, <laughs> because simultaneously while we were developing the story, one of the things that was happening was uh, James Cooper, our lead designer, and a number of other designers were prototyping ideas for a uh, open world-esque area. Something that mm. we really wanted to do in Uncharted 4 uh, mm-hmm. And we did a little bit of it with Madagascar. Yeah, like a of it, sort of. We yeah. did a little bit of it with Madagascar and also the At Sea chapter on the uh, island archipelago. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, we really wanted to see how far we could push that, and this game seemed like a good opportunity to uh, give it a try. Uh, yeah. And of course, um, in doing that, uh, we took a section of the game that might have been like maybe, you know, 30, 40 minutes worth of playtime, and suddenly it was now an hour and a half or more. Uh, so it was like, so that expanded. And then, of course, yeah, it depends as de- on how obsessive you are. I think I spent like three hours there. <laughs> Damn. Okay. Yeah. So you got, you got your money's worth. So, okay. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then, uh, as, we're, uh, as we're fleshing out the story, we're realizing that, you know, certain things need more beats to flesh out and certain moments need to be heightened and all that kind of thing. And so it just mm-hmm. kind of kept growing and growing and growing. And then we realized, oh, crap, it's way too long. <laughs> and then we started cutting a couple of things here and there. The biggest thing that we cut is that originally, after you, um, originally after you uh, leave uh, Halibadu, the Ganesh city, uh, mm-hmm. there was going to be an entire other set of things to do uh, in the open world hub before you oh. go on to the next area. And then we looked at it. He's like, "Yeah, no, that's gone." <laughs> uh, and. And that was the right decision, not only from a production getting finished on time standpoint, but also from, from a uh, pacing standpoint. Uh, so, okay. you know, we try to make those decisions as early as possible so it's not, you know, horrifically painful. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But then, of course, what we ultimately ended up with is something that we thought was going to be short, uh, but ended up being the length of uh, the uh, original Uncharted. You know, it's like yeah. seven, eight hours-ish. Wow. Um, so, uh, you know, whoops. But... <laughs> <laughs> I don't think uh, anyone's upset about that decision. Yeah, yeah. It was no. it was one of those things that people who bought the season pass were like, score. Yep. <laughs> we just got, we, well, yeah, we that, just made out like bandits. <laughs> well, to be frank, uh, yeah, you totally did. I mean, we were pla- <laughs> we were planning on it being just like this one to two hour um, thing, just like uh, Left Behind. But uh, we realized in order to tell an uncharted story without it just being like this sort of surface level, like, let's have a quick little two hour romp. We, it just needed more time. To build it yeah. up. So that's amazing. There, so there yeah. you have so, it. <laughs> yeah. One thing I was curious about is I was wondering if, you know, and you kind of already answered this, but like if you guys approach it from characters first when you're coming up with a, a new Uncharted story, um, or um, if you, if maybe somebody sees like, oh, you know, I'd love to do something around this treasure. And it's, it got me thinking, like, do you guys ever worry you might run out of treasures? <laughs> Well, we made up the Tuska Ganesh, so yeah. no. There you go. Uh, Apparently but, not, right? You could just yeah. make them up. Man. Yeah. I, yeah. I never would have known. Yeah. 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 <laughs> the silver ring of the... Yeah, I don't even know. But yeah. the thing is, the thing is um, I mean, to sort of go back to the other part of the question, we approach these things from every conceivable angle. Uh, okay. Sometimes it's about like, you know, we talk about like, what could be an interesting character arc uh, for the character? And, but we're also thinking about like, what would be a cool place to explore? What's some cool mythology? Uh, mm-hmm. What's like a cool culture? Uh, and, um, cause honestly, my, 
one of my favorite parts of working on the Uncharted games, uh, working on the story development for them, has been the research. Mm. <laughs> and, you know, I, I get to read a lot of books. I get to watch a lot of movies. <laughs> you know, sort of like yeah. Uh, you know, I took a uh, you know I took a, a South Asian uh, history class or two in uh, college, and I was like, okay, let's see what I remember about uh, Hindu. <laughs> let's see what I re- remember about Hinduism. And uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's amazing. And uh, you know, like trying to. Uh, you know, bring that uh, bring bring that particular aspect of the culture to a uh, wider audience. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so it, it just it's just all. And then, of course, you know, we're talking with the game designers, where it's just like, you know, what what are some cool new gameplay ideas that we want to try? So, you know, that's where the lock picking came from, because you know, Chloe's a thief. Mm-hmm. You know, what can she do mm-hmm. that's a little bit different from Nathan Drake? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and you know, it's not really her thing to carry around a journal. So, what's her thing going to be? It's like, okay, she's going to have a cell phone. She's going to take pictures. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, just sort of coming up with that stuff, everything kind of happens simultaneously, and everything informs everything else. Thankfully, we... thankfully, a waterproof phone. Yes. <laughs> well, everything in the game is waterproof. Drake's journal yeah. is waterproof. Drake's journal yeah, is waterproof. That's true. You can't I tell know what kind of paper he was using for that. You can't tell impressive. that he actually carries a uh, that little hip pouch he has is actually a oh. little uh, lamination machine. So he laminates yeah. the pages as he goes along. <laughs> Yeah, otherwise, See, yeah. This, just is, be... this is the world building stuff that you never got in the game. You got to listen yeah. to this podcast. Yeah, it's... I believe that was like a world premiere fact. The, the I think Nathan so. Drake's lamination <laughs> pouch. Yeah, it's subtle, amazing. but it's there. Yeah. It's there. It's a... <laughs> and it's, it's all laminated in engine. Yeah, yeah. from what it's I much... know. <laughs> it's much easier to see in the PlayStation Four version. The PlayStation Three oh. games, like uh, yeah, and, they may and have in the PlayStation Four Pro version. Look out! It's yeah, even yeah, yeah. even exactly. clearer. So mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, but, uh, so yeah, everything ultimately, you know, everybody, especially early on the project, it's vital that everybody's talking to everybody else so that everybody's mm. aware of what they're coming up with, or if it's sort of things like, uh, oh, Hey, it's not shut in China anymore. Now it's set in India or it's, uh, <laughs> right. That's his you know, own all, one. <laughs> you know, so all those, when, all those when little does, things. Uh, when does uncharted, um, big Chloe in little China release? That's <laughs> the next one, right? Confirmed. <laughs> mm, sorry. <laughs> It's okay. Uh, we, you don't have to answer that. I no, it's okay. I well, no, I mean, to, 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 tell, to tell you the honest truth, um, I think, you know, we all went into this uh, expecting it to be uh, The Last Uncharted uh, that we yeah. do. Because generally what we do is, you know, we finish the series and move on to something else. And mm-hmm. that's partially why we wanted to do, again, I'm not going to spoil it, the last level of The Lost Legacy uh, for us was kind of like a Uncharted Greatest Hits. Uh, yeah. Everything yeah. kind of shoved together, uh, sort of like go out with a bang. And, mm-hmm. um, and the thing is, um, you know, the response to this and particularly the response to, uh, Chloe and Nadine and Chloe as a lead character, we were all mm-hmm. sort of like, oh, okay. Um, I mean, it's impossible to speculate on what we're going to do next. To be totally honest, right. we are now hyper-focused on getting The Last of Us 2 out the door on time. Sure. Uh, and nobody's even thinking about what's next because nobody mm-hmm. has, nobody has the bandwidth. Uh, yeah, so I mean, everyone, the whole studio is pretty much focused on uh, Last of Us Two at this point. Yeah, and it, it's an incredibly ambitious title, and, and if everybody <laughs> and if everybody isn't focused, uh, we're never going to finish it on time. So uh, <laughs> the so I mean, who knows? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, everybody at the studio loves Uncharted. The question is, you know, what it boils down to is whatever we do next is something that everybody has to be excited about. So mm-hmm. whether yeah. that's a so whether that's a great new idea, whether that's a new Uncharted game. Uh, it's we can't say at this point uh, sure. j- simply because we just don't know. I mean, if somebody came up with a really, really good Uncharted idea, 
then mm-hmm. maybe we'll do it. But somebody could come up with something completely different. Maybe, maybe Naughty Dog's next game is going to be a rhythm action game like Parappa the Rapper. You never know. <laughs> yes, yes, no. do it. That you know? is so great. So, oh man, with Drake, you, rapping, got, you got two Parappa me? fans here. So. Exactly. <laughs> so you know, it, it's it's anybody's guess at this point. It's so you know, we'll come up with something. Yeah. Awesome. But that's well, I know I know we've kind of run long so far. Uh, do we oh, have time fine. for a, a couple Twitter questions? Hey, I'm, you guys can, yeah, I'm fine. As long as you want. All right. Cool. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Thank you. All right. So this one comes from MTFTT pod. Uh, if Uncharted became a TV series, mm-hmm. who do you think is the perfect Nathan Drake based off of your experience with the game's creative team? Oh my God. Um, Dreamcasting. And you can say me if you want. <laughs> that's, that's, that's an impossible question. I mean, really, my dream casting would be Nolan North because he I agree. Is, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. He is Nathan Drake. My, uh-huh. my, dr- my dream would be to have an animated series uh, so uh. that we can use our voice cast who are the characters. I mean, yeah. I can't, I can't, imagine, good, I can't imagine Nathan Drake without Nolan North. I can't imagine... Elena without Emily or Sullivan without Richard, yeah. particularly Sullivan without Richard. Like nobody else can do his. Ah, <laughs> yeah. Ah, yeah. Seriously. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, I will say that, uh, you know, when we were first developing Uncharted, we were watching Firefly a lot. So, uh, you know, draw your, <gasps> so draw your own conclusions there. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. but I always I thought, hunch, er, but... I always thought early Drake kind of had a little bit of a Nathan Fillion flavor. Yeah. yeah so, so, <laughs> so so yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, that's that's my answer, and I'm, I'm sticking yeah. to it. That's good. Right. I like it. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, with some of the this one comes from Casey Lawrence, um, and he asks, uh, "What are your thoughts on the quote death of the single player game uh, that has <laughs> been mentioned in in the news recently?" Of course, in, uh, a lot of that in response to the Visceral Games. Uh, sure. Shutdown. Yeah. Uh, I would say, I can't remember who said this, but uh, the reports of my death are greatly exaggerated. Um, <laughs> yes. yes. So uh, I, I, am, I am so, so sad about what happened to Visceral. Uh, yeah. Amy's we are phenomenal. Yeah. I was really looking forward to uh, playing a uh, Star Wars game that she and the team up there had yep. uh, created. And it's 100%. just, and it's just uh, yeah, it's just a damn shame. Uh, the, fact, the fact of the matter is... Um, making games in general is just really, really hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, making, uh, making single player story games, uh, like the kind that we make, like the kind they were making is also really, really hard and really, really expensive. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's a big risk. And, you know, I think a lot of the stuff coming out of these articles were sort of saying that, you know, companies would after visceral and whatnot might no might not be willing to uh, take the risk anymore, but, then again, I, I look back and I see some of the games that have come out this year and I'm just like, you know, uh, Zelda, Horizon mm. Zero Dawn, uh, yep. Uncharted Lost Legacy, uh, uh, the Dishonored 2, the Dishonored Expansion, mm-hmm. uh, Wolfenstein Mario? 2, uh, Mario. Uh, you know, single player games are, I think, doing just fine. I mean, what it boils mm-hmm. down to, though, is that, yes, uh, as the production values go up, it is a bigger risk um, mm-hmm. and all the stars have to line up. Uh, but I think that's true uh, for any kind of game, any kind of genre. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. anybody sitting wanting to like, 
wanting to make a massively multiplayer studio shooter has a uh, has you know Destiny two to contend with or yeah. uh, Overwatch to contend with. It's mm-hmm. just you know there's just a lot of competition, uh, and you know I don't want to speculate uh, what happened on Star Wars with EA or whatever. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, but what it boils down to is just you know this this stuff's hard. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know and any number of things can go wrong. I mean, if you uh <clears throat> you know, Jason Schreier's book, um, Blood, Sweat and Pixels, you know, if you read about Uncharted Four, like we came very, very close to uh yeah. to not making our ship date, uh even after yeah. we've gotten a uh, number of uh, extensions. And yeah, uh, I actually just read that book. That was a fascinating story. If you guys haven't yeah. read that, you should go read it. It's it's really cool. Yeah, and and, you know, and that was not the fault of, you know, any one thing or any one person or anything else like that. It's just like lots of factors come together to sometimes make things incredibly difficult. Mm-hmm. And, you know, our the scope of Uncharted 4 was huge and ambitious. And uh, we made a lot of choices and we made a lot of hard cuts. And mm-hmm. we pulled a lot of hours and we were able to get it out the door on time. And mm-hmm. But, you know, not every company has our resources. And right. Sure. So that's why, but at the same time, uh, that's why I'm heartened by uh, the success of uh, Ninja Theory with uh, Hellblade. You know, they very specifically mm-hmm. yeah. set, set out to make, uh, I think they're calling it, you know, a double A AA production. Like, you know, it's mm-hmm. a much smaller team, much lower budget. But, you know, uh, that game is, you know, it's gorgeous and it's fascinating. Yeah. It's really, mm-hmm. and it's really, really well done. And um, it's on my list. I really want to play it. Yeah. I haven't yeah. gotten to that one yet. Yeah. And of yeah. course, uh, and of course, you also have uh, all the uh, independent creators. Like this year was like just phenomenal. You have uh, mm-hmm. Edith, you have Edith Finch, you have Night in the Woods, you have Tacoma, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, you have all these others that I'm forgetting. Pyre. And yes, Pyre, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, you have all these others that I'm forgetting because I'm old and my brain doesn't work anymore. But <laughs> the, but you know the fact is there is still there's still an appetite for single player content out there. Um, yeah, and you know there's a lot of questions for. Uh, value for money and whatnot. And I mean, and that's why, uh, starting with Uncharted 2, we started uh, making a uh, multiplayer aspect to go with it. Mm-hmm. Because, right, yep. you know, we, you know, we want people to hold on to the game and to keep playing the game and to not sell mm-hmm. it to uh, someplace. Uh, yeah. And, you know, that's that's kind of like, you know, what's our value proposition like going forward? Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, some people like it, some people don't, but uh, ultimately, you know, Game companies are just trying to make money and they're trying to, yeah. you know, get a good return on their investments and single player story games require pretty hefty investment for something right. that is essentially not necessarily something that you're going to play multiple times. So you'd better have either a compelling story, a lot of cool reasons to go back in and play through, or it better be really, really long. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, and that's what it boils down to. Um, so no, single player games are not dead. Uh, yeah. but single player games just need to like, you know, have a good plan of attack and just, mm-hmm. and hit and hit at the right time. I mean, even if you right, have the best sure. game, even if you have the best game in the world and like you come out, uh, you come out the same day that Zelda does, you know, all the buzz is going to be about <laughs> Zelda and then you're just like, well, you're just like, well, poop. So it's a yeah. lot of I mean, It works fa- out okay for Horizon Zero Dawn though. Like yeah, it came it out did. almost the same time. And yeah, it was like, what, well, 10 days so, well, or something yeah. before? Well, that, <laughs> that thankfully works because, you know, they're on two separate platforms and two very different, right. audi- and two very different audiences yep. uh, going for yep. it. And I will also say that if you haven't played Horizon, it's phenomenal. Yeah, uh, it's so really, good. really good. Um, yeah. 
And, I'm playing uh, the Frozen Wilds right now, and it is glorious. Oh, very cool. Very cool. <laughs> I would have blown through that game a lot faster if I hadn't spent so much time in photo mode. That was that was my problem. <laughs> I'd like get somewhere. I was like, "Wow, this is gorgeous," and like spend like half an hour like lining up the perfect shot, <laughs> yeah. and then photo be like, "Photo modes are so." Just side note: photo modes yep, are so yep. addictive. I, I waste so much time yep. in those. I love and them. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. It's not getting better. Like ev- yep. even Mario has a photo mode now. Like yep. yeah. it's just too much fun. The first yeah. one I've <laughs> really fell into was uh, Infamous Second Son. I was I took so many <laughs> pictures yep. of that game. Yeah, yep. no, that was a good one yeah. too. But I mean, yeah. just one last thing on the single player stuff. I mean, ultimately, uh, just like anything else in the consumer marketplace, uh, you vote with your dollars. So yep. if you like single player games, uh, buy them. Yep. New. Yeah. Do not buy yeah, them buy used. Them new. Buy them new. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's, otherwise, so. otherwise, Josh is going to have to yeah. put you know loot boxes in whenever you're running low on Molotov cocktails in Last That's of Us right. Two. And That's I, right. and you know, I don't yeah. want no. We none of us want to see that. No yeah, one wants to see exactly. that. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Now it's Adam's fault if it happens. uh, (laughs) 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 All right. So Chris Osborne writes in, he says, is the plan going forward to introduce new characters or try to keep that connection to the originals? He's uh, referring to, Mm. it's the assumptive close on more Uncharted. (laughs) um, And then he says, also, how's the movie coming along? And I I know you guys aren't really working on that. Um, Well, I guess there was some rumor to that. I don't know. But anyway. As to the first question, uh, sort of answered it earlier, but right now we have no plans to make any additional Uncharted games. Um, That could change in the future, or it could not. Honestly, I have no idea. But if we did, it would probably build off, you know, the same idea that we had, which is like, you know, maybe we'll follow something with Chloe, or if we come up with a great idea for somebody else, we'll do somebody else. The Mm -hmm. nice thing about, the nice, the thing that I really like about the Uncharted series um, is that it exists in its own world of treasure hunters and thieves and rogues Mm. and scoundrels. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we can pull from- So there's a lot of them out there. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of material to work with there. Everybody kind of knows everybody else and we can jump almost anywhere in the timeline and I think make something interesting. But Mm -hmm. at the moment, that's not really in the plans. Um, Yeah. Uh, as for the movie, uh, yeah, we have uh, no direct involvement with it. Uh, you know, the last I heard, uh, last I heard, you know, uh, Sean Levy is uh, slated to uh, direct and, uh, they're looking at, um, this is just what I read in like Hollywood reporter. They right, have, right, uh, right. the kid who played uh, Spider-Man in the new movie is uh, oh, that's cast right. as young yeah, Nathan Drake. Tom, Tom Holland. Yeah. That's Tom right. Holland. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Uh, but honestly, beyond that, uh, I know nothing. Uh, I mean, we'll see. They've been trying to get this going for a while. Uh, right. We've been saying it on this show forever. Like, there doesn't really need to be an Uncharted movie. Uncharted is already so cinematic. I feel yeah. like I've had that experience, but way bigger and longer and more fun. So yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. We'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah. We'll see what happens. All right. So Joseph Grimm writes in and says, uh, without giving anything away... <laughs> <laughs> what direction do you see the next new IP going in? <laughs> so, I think I'd, I think I'd already stated something about a Parappa-like rhythm action game. Yeah, yeah. there it is. There it is. There, there yeah. it was. Yeah. yeah, that's a joke. By the way, that's a joke. Yeah, obviously, <laughs> that is a joke. That is yes, a joke. Yes. That well, is a joke. Ninety-nine point ninety-nine point nine percent certain that is a joke. Yes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> okay. Uh, um, I mean, who knows? Honestly, right. like as like I said earlier. Uh, we could come up with something completely awesome. No idea what genre it'll be. No idea anything. Uh, it the sky is the limit. We'll just kind of mm-hmm. have to see what we're feeling after uh, yeah. we wrap up uh, the Last of Us Two. 
Yeah. And shout out to Ruben C who had a very similar question. I, you know, that you've just answered. So yeah. uh, Thanks to Ruben. Um, Ask Eric's. Eric Kruger writes in (laughs) and this is, I'll I'll say, I'll go on record. One of the most handsome men in the biz. Yeah. Mm. He's got a handsome face. All right. (laughs) He says, what's crash like in real life? Mm. (laughs) If you keep getting two. He's all right. He doesn't say much. Eats a lot of fruit. He says whoa I asked, a lot. Yeah. I asked him. I asked him to. Uh, I asked him to help me uh, move out of my apartment. He comes over and smashes all my boxes. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> so I don't know. It I seems mean, like it's. He seems like the kind of guy just throwing a lot of tood. Yeah, most mm. of the time, a lot of '90s too. A lot of, a lot of yeah. '90s too. Yeah, you know those eye, those eyebrows always going up and down. It's like, what are you trying to say, man? Like, <laughs> all right, I love it. So, so much. we have we have kind of three questions from Ashley. Um, so <laughs> okay. she kind of broke the rules, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> she says, "I'm just curious to know what was the inspiration for Sam Drake's character." Uh, and she says, "I really loved him in Uncharted Four, and it's um, uh, redacted." And uh, <laughs> and we, a spoiler for something. <laughs> <laughs> will we see more of him in the future? Uh, well. As to the see more in the future, I mean, maybe go, sort of right, go back yeah. to the same question. But uh, in terms of inspiration for Sam Drake, um, originally um, when uh, Neil and Bruce were uh, developing uh, uh, what became Uncharted for uh, Thief's End, uh, the idea is that you know Nathan Drake had retired, and mm-hmm. uh, the question is like uh, what uh, what was going to be the thing that uh, pulled him out of his retirement? Because obviously, you know. He has this. He has this family of sorts of uh, misfits mm-hmm. and treasure hunters. You know, Elena and Sullivan and Cutter and Chloe and all those folks. And you know, those people sort of like formed the core of his family since uh, you know his father uh, dumped him at uh, the orphanage all those years ago. Uh, mm-hmm. So the question was going to be, you know, what was it going to be that would f- break him out of his reverie and convince him to come back in? And it would be mm-hmm. his actual family. Mm-hmm. And uh, because a lot of the stuff that we were, a lot of the stuff ultimately that we were looking at is uh, things that include, you know, the idea of like, you know, the things that you do for your family and, you know, what do you do? What do you do for your family that you wouldn't necessarily do for your best friends in the world? Like, yeah, you know, yeah. you know obviously yeah. like f- with family, there are certain like, you know, societal obligations that, you know, maybe mm-hmm. you don't really want to do this thing, but you kind of feel like you have to because, yeah. you know, these people mm-hmm. are related to you. Uh, yeah, no, and we, I, I that was one thing that we talked about a lot in our spoiler spoiler cast with the older brother relationship because I have an older brother, and he's dragged me into all kinds of stuff, and uh, <laughs> and I found that to ring so true when I played the game. I was like, that is that is absolutely the perfect uh, choice to make that the impetus for getting him back out there. Mm-hmm. Um, what were? Can you talk a little bit about uh, what uh, maybe some of the other ones that got shot down were? Uh, other ones, what? Like other, other motivations. motivations. Nate back yeah. in the oh, game. oh, um, his uh, really expensive cocaine habit. No, I mean there wasn't. <laughs> it was. It was just. Uh, I mean, really, I don't. I'm not sure if any other uh, stuff was uh, explored uh, at that okay. point. But uh, it was. It was really just mostly like the the familial contact was uh, the most interesting. Like almost right okay. off the bat, and yeah. uh, you know the thing with Sam. I mean, obviously, what's interesting about him is he and Nate both have sort of like similar uh, interests. You know, they're mm-hmm. both into the treasure under thing. They're both in the historical thing. Uh, mm-hmm. But the difference is 
uh, Sam's been effectively frozen in amber for 13 years, mm-hmm. right? He's mm-hmm. missed a lot. Nate has gone off. He hasn't off. done a lot of growing. Yeah. And, and Nate yeah. has gone off and had like all these adventures. He's done this growing. He's, mm-hmm. he's sort of figured out who he is. He's figured out that he's kind of a dick and he's figured out that he's, <laughs> you know, putting his, uh, he's putting his uh, friends in danger uh, mm-hmm. too much, a little too much. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so this is why, you know, he and Elena decide to like, you know, hang it up and like uh, do this thing. But Sam, it's like nothing ever stopped. You know, he's yeah. right back mm-hmm. on the trail of Avery. He wants to get back into this thing. And uh, Nate is, uh, you know, trying to sort of like convince himself this isn't a good idea. Like, you know, it's so, but it's just a lot of it has to do with the addiction. It's just like, all right, I'm just going to go with Sam to Italy, help him get this thing. And then I'm out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, now I'm just going to go to Scotland. I'm going to help him do this thing. And then I'm out. And before <laughs> yep. you know it, you know, before you know it, he is riding on the back of a motorcycle, shooting at a giant truck, bearing down at them, smashing for shit. So, you know, amazing, yeah, and, <laughs> so good. And that, and that was kind of the thing, and that was very, that was very specifically designed such that the most spectacular moment of the game is also followed immediately by Nate's lowest moment when Elena comes in and it's like, "What the f are you yeah. doing? I'm out of here." Mm-hmm. And, yeah, you know, that was, uh, you know, that was all by design, so yeah. that. And then likewise, the chapter that immediately follows is the at one at sea where they're two exploring the island, which is the most open level in the entire game. And Nate and the player hopefully also feel lost uh, yeah. in a way, like in a little yep. bit directionless and a little bit rudderless. So mm-hmm. that was kind yeah. of the idea yeah, definitely. There. So speaking of that Jeep scene, I remember playing that and uh, and just being almost distracted by how gorgeous everything looked as it was like blowing apart. <laughs> I was like, just like, oh yeah, I got to be playing. <laughs> it was pretty incredible. Oh, thanks, um, man. And that ties into Ashley's uh, sec- or third question, I guess. Technically, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, since uh, you had worked on the cinematics for the first three games, which cinematic scene was your favorite or the most fun to work on? Ooh, in the first three games. Oh, boy. Um, hmm. I have a couple of answers. Uh Okay. One of which was uh, one of the earliest scenes we shot, just because we were learning as we were going, and it was all very exciting, was the one where Nate and Elena are flying in Sullivan's airplane, and it's shot down over the island. Uh, We Mm -hmm. actually, this is before we knew what we were doing uh, with motion capture, and instead of building a set that essentially just looked like a bunch of sticks and boxes together, we actually built a open airplane set with like door, (laughs) with like with like doors the right shape. Uh, I mean, it's very, I mean, mean, it's very simple. Uh-huh. Uh, but we didn't realize then we didn't need to be so damn precise with like our touch yeah. points and everything else <laughs> like that. Uh, so, uh, so that was just very exciting. It was just like, Oh my God, we're like shooting a movie here. This is cool. Yeah. Uh, and that was a lot of fun. We were all figuring out long. And of course my favorite thing is, uh, we did a take where, uh, Nolan as Drake is like getting up to get out of the plane. And he's putting on his parachute. And in one of the takes, he tripped over the set and just face planted down in the hall <laughs> <laughs> and poor, I mean, poor guy hurt his shin, but I was yeah, just like, oh. I was just like, I was just like, I'm totally using that take. And yeah. it's, in it's, in, it's in the game. He, he kind of, Drake, Drake kind of eats it on the way out. Um, <laughs> so, amazing. so that was fun. But then, um, other scenes, uh, I liked the challenge of, you see, starting with like the middle of Uncharted one, I didn't do a lot more a lot of character animation myself. Mostly what I ended right. up doing was I acted as the uh, director of photography on all of them. I did all the cameras oh, and I did all the scenes cool. set up and I sort of like got it all ready. And then I gave it to the animators and said like, here, do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
the biggest challenge scene for that was when Drake, Elenus, Chloe, um, all and Flynn and Lazarevich all enter the gates of Shambhala and they're attacked by the uh, 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 by the Shambhala guardians. Um, mm-hmm. And that scene was insane because uh, from the time I got the motion capture back to the time that they needed to record the score for it, I had uh, four days. Whoa, and it was the mo- it was the most <laughs> and it was the most complicated scene in the entire game. And I just like I just threw something together and like worked with uh, Taylor Kurosaki, who was the lead editor at the time, and um, just the two of us just like jammed on it as uh, best we could. Uh, oh, and uh, you know, it ended up turning out to to be kind of okay, but that was uh, completely bonkers. Uh, one of the cool. <laughs> One of the cool things, one of the cool tools that we have in the game is uh, sometimes we need to create an animation of, uh, say, Drake climbing something and then jumping off. Instead of the animator animating it, what we can do is we can actually play the game as Drake climbing and jumping something. And then we can export his animation from the game and bring oh. it back into our 3D software. So, oh. I did, so I did a lot of stuff like that, like for the, uh, for the scene in Uncharted 3 where they're all riding their horses across the desert, uh, I just took drake on the horse animation and then just rode about across the desert like 30 or 40 times picked all the ones that i liked and then put those into the game oh wow uh, That's you're like oh well, we've we've already animated this stuff why do it again yeah. Yeah. uh but then i'd say maybe one other favorite and this is another thing that i worked on very closely with taylor and also uh, eric baldwin who is our my code lead animator um was the uh was the opening of uncharted 2 uh hanging from the train oh um, man such and, a good opening. Uh, and um, one of the things about that was just sort of like prototyping it, coming up with the idea. But then we ultimately decided that we wanted to show it as like a teaser for the game at what was then called the Spike uh, Video Game Awards. Mm. And uh, I remember um, showing it and the reaction uh, from everybody that saw it was kind of like this, oh my God, that's kind of cool and crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was also kind of done as a statement of intent because one thing I was telling the press at the time was just like, yeah, so that's the cutscene. But as soon as the cutscene ends, you're climbing that thing in the game. Mm-hmm. This isn't going to be like <laughs> all cutscene crazy thing. That this is the start of the game, and mm-hmm. everybody was just like, okay, yeah, cool, whatever. I don't know if anybody believed me, but it was then like <laughs> when we did the uh, E3 demo that year, and sh- we showed that like that was our goal. We wanted to get everything on the stick as much as mm-hmm. possible. Like save mm-hmm. the cutscenes for the dramatic stuff and get all the cool stuff, the stuff that you are always disappointed that you see a game trailer for and think, oh, that looks cool. I was like, oh, wait, this is just a movie. We wanted to get, <laughs> we wanted to get that stuff uh, just like in the game as much as possible. And so that was mm-hmm. kind yeah. of like our statement of intent. And that yeah. was a lot of fun. That's uh, awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So next question comes from Josh Bailey. He says, so why is the dog naughty? And why has no one done anything about it over the last couple of decades <laughs> uh, i think it's ask, a fair question you'll have to ask uh, jason rubin and andy uh, gavin about that they're the ones who named the company uh <laughs> okay. All right. we actually, we, actually don't ha- we actually don't have dogs at the office very more anymore i'm kind of sad uh we had uh jason and andy had morgan and osiris and then uh, evan had pogo uh and then christoph had a little bichon freeze named trumpet but uh yeah there hasn't been a new dog in a while i'm actually uh feel a little bit sad about that. I have a dog. Oh. I kind of feel like, I feel like I should bring Rose in and see how that goes. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> as for why the dog is naughty, uh, I don't want to speculate on the uh, motivations <laughs> of the dog. Uh, I don't want to cast aspersions on the dog. You mm, know? Yeah. Yeah. It's just, probably uh, wise. 
Yeah. Let the, let the dog live its life. Don't yeah. don't judge. <laughs> don't judge the dog. <laughs> I like it. That's good. All right. So um, John of the Dead writes in and says, "It looks like he's still got his Halloween name yeah. hanging out." Uh, he it's says, middle of "November, uh, dude." Yeah. <laughs> He says, uh, are there any types of tours at the Naughty Dog office uh, for aspiring game developers? No. Mm. <laughs> they're, uh, they're it's, not. Too, it's just too top secret. They're, they're not. And I'm sorry that's the case. But uh, unfortunately, yeah, we can't have people coming and looking around the office. Apart from the fact that, you know, it distracts us. Uh, there's also a large number of things that we don't want the public to uh, see right away. Um, yeah. Spoilers. You know, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's funny. Uh, we actually had, uh, before we announced uh, The Last of Us Part Two, um, I brought somebody by the studio, uh, somebody, uh, excuse me, uh, uh, an actor that people are familiar with. And, uh, you know, he's walking around. He's a fan of the studio. And uh, on all the screens in the studio, there's all these title screens that say The Last of Us Do, The Last of Us Do. <laughs> oh, and, no. you know, and, you know, obviously, obviously we had the guy <laughs> sign NDA. Obviously, we had the guy sign uh, non-disclosure agreements. Nothing was sure, ever said. Yeah. But the day after he visited, suddenly all the screens said had a code name on it. So just oh, in case, yeah. <laughs> so just so just in case uh, anybody yep. came by the studio, mm-hmm. um, in case hilarious. anybody came by the studio, it was, uh, that. But uh, yeah, <laughs> um, I will say I'll just I'll just go out and throw this out here too. Um, we love our fans. It's awesome that all the stuff that they do for us. We love going to. Uh, shows like PSX so that we can meet them and talk to them and things like that. Uh, But for the love of God, do not show up unannounced at a video game studio. And (laughs) I say this, (laughs) I say this because it's happened to us a lot. And it's it's happened to me specifically a couple of times. Wow, Uh, man. There was, there was one time, because, you know, the thing is, like, you know, game developers, you know, they dress like me. We wear T-shirts and hoodies and jeans, and, you know. It's yeah, not yeah. like it's not like it's easy to stand out. And there's there was a time that I went to get a bunch of visitors down from the elevator. Uh, and I get in, you know, and this other person gets in, and we all go up. Me and my visitors get out on the floor, and this other person gets out on the floor. And I'm looking at this guy, and, you know, he's dressed like a game developer. Um, oh. But <laughs> oh, I also... Man. I also noticed that he's spending a long time looking at all the uh, little things in the display case in the lobby. And I'm just like, uh, can I help you? <laughs> and he said, Oh yeah, I, I was, I was, uh, 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 I was uh, hoping to have a, <laughs> I was hoping to like uh, have a tour. And I just like turned to my guest. I was like, give me a sec. And I sort of like walk him to the elevator <laughs> and I'm just like, wow. And I'm like, uh, dude, what's your name? And he's like, he says, my name is like, it's like, where, are you like a student or something? He's like, yeah, I'm a student at uh, this art college here in Southern California. It's like, okay, I'm going to do you a favor. Uh, I'm just going to forget this happened. Uh, it's cool that you're a fan. It's cool that, you know, you want to work here, but this is literally the worst way you to, to possibly do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You, you got, you got to do it like everybody else. You got to send in your stuff. You got to, you know, yeah. do everything like that. You know, this, yeah. this doing this basically tells me that uh, we can't trust you. Yeah. Uh, so seriously. just don't do it again. And it's and it and it happens a lot around E3. Like a lot of people oh, are in town okay. for E3. There's like yeah. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> let's go see and, what Naughty Dog's up to. <laughs> yeah. And and you know, I we would we would love to have interactions with our fans, but this is just not the time or place. Yeah. Come, the right way come, to do it. <laughs> come see us at PSX. Uh mm-hmm. you know, 
I'll be there. Po- I'm, post, in, I'm going. I'm going this year. Post, post stuff on Twitter. Write to us on Twitter. Like do do all that kind of stuff. But yeah, yeah. yeah. And the same, like whether you're a fan or whether you're, you want to work for us, you know, go through the right channels. That's all I'm yep. going to say. Yeah, good stuff. No, that's yeah. good yeah. stuff. And yeah. I wonder, I wonder if these people are because you know, like the whole Steven Spielberg story where he just found an empty <laughs> office and started working. Like, I don't yeah. even think that's a true story necessarily, but you know. It's just not the right way to do it. So there's only one Steven Spielberg. Yeah, there so, you go. There you yeah. go. You nailed it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. got to come up with a new angle, everybody. Yeah. Yep. Just, yep. Yeah. So. All right. So, um, oh, you know what? I have a couple more, but I think we're running out of time here. So I'm going to yeah. go ahead and skip to the final and possibly the most crucial question of the show. Okay. Josh, okay. I hope okay. you're ready. I'm oh, ready. Boy. Is a hot dog a sandwich? <laughs> a hot dog is a hot dog. It is, oh. it is, it is not, it is not a sandwich. It doesn't and, fit in. There's no like category of sandwich that it fits now, into. Is, okay. that, is that just a gut reaction or are you basing this on some science? Okay. It's a gut reaction. It's a gut reaction, but I'm thinking about this as we're going along. So let's, let's break this down. Okay, so a, okay. sandwich, a sandwich to me is two separate pieces of bread in between which rest your contents of your sandwich okay a hot dog bun technically is a co-joined piece of bread that you know, right. if, you're clum- if you're clumsy will come apart but really if you want to keep the relish and everything <laughs> like nested in there it's going to stay together so it's a hot dog yeah. likewise okay. if you put something inside a pita shell it's a wrap or mm. whatnot right so which you, I suppose you could technically call a sandwich, but yeah, no, I'm going to go with hot dog, not a sandwich. Okay. Yeah. All right. And, I, you know, I don't and, want to try to sway you, but I just want to leave you with this. <laughs> okay. What about a hoagie subway sandwich? That's a mm. joint at the side in many cases. I'm just, I didn't, I didn't mean to blow your mind. I'm just saying. I, I hear I'll, Let me help you out a little bit. The most compelling <laughs> hot dog argument I heard is if you take away the bun of a hot dog, it's still a hot dog. And so that's uh, that's the most I like compelling. That. Yeah, I like bun that. or not, it's still a hot dog. <sighs> I like that. I like that. I like. Yeah. That. Damn it, good. if they're not right. <laughs> I like that. That's good. Well, I am. I am just glad that in these uh, trying, divisive times, that we can have civil discourse about the important matters of the day. That's what yeah, it really exactly. boils down you to. You know, it, it's what it all comes down to. You know. Yep. Awesome. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much for being on the show, Josh. It's been a blast. And oh, uh, thanks for having me very informative yes good stuff oh thanks so thanks for having me guys so where can people keep up with you online well uh i am on the twitter uh Mm -hmm. it's just uh Mm -hmm. at at josh share uh i post stuff about our games i post stuff about other people's games i try to I try to I try to signal boost the stuff that I think is cool, particularly like in the independent game community that you know maybe doesn't always like uh, get the visibility it uh, deserves. I mean, I don't have that many followers, but still, <laughs> it's, uh, it, I think it's just it's just the stuff that I love. I think some of the sure. most inter- I think some of the most interesting work is being done in independent games, and so I just want to like get that stuff out there. Yeah, nice. and that's uh, awesome. And you know, uh, occasionally I tweet uh, political stuff, but you know, I try to keep that to a minimum. But uh, yes, can't quite seem to help myself lately. So. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's tough. You know, I get it. You know, you know. Yeah. All right, and you know, we did kind of slip into the end of the show plugs for AI and women and men. 
There you go. Um, you know, I, I usually... <laughs> I like that you put AI first this time. You know, the robot overlords will soon be ruling the, sh- the place. So I figure, let's be nice to them, you know. Wow. Um, All right. So, <laughs> anyway, so um, you can keep up with us at sbfvgs.com. Uh, you can find links there to our episodes, our social media, YouTube, merchandise, and more. Um, if you get a chance, leave us an iTunes review. Support the show uh, that way or uh, by signing up for your very own podcast at podbean.com slash sbfvgs a very special thanks to eric krueger for our podcast logo and for his handsome handsome face anyone in agreement there, on the there, there's face? no mic here the mic, <laughs> no mic's mic. not here so all right all right so I, <laughs> mm, mm. anyway you, uh, you can follow our twitter at sbfvgs podcast i am barry white that's b-u-r-y-w-i-t-e mike who is not here is taco douglas david is david j tate and um yeah you can check our twitter profiles for psn xbox live switch info if you want to play games with us and be our friend so that's all the time we have for Super Best Friends Video Game Sleepover, episode 83. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back every two weeks with more clever thing edited in later on gaming. <laughs> Hit us up with your questions, topics, or musings if you want to be part of the show. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Yay! <laughs> hey, you mm. clapped. Thank you. You didn't all have right. to at all. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys ever worry you might run out of treasures? <laughs> well, we made up the Tuskegee so no. Yeah. <laughs> Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, Did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.